Welcome to the Odyssey Podcasts. This is Jean Cavellos, Director of Odyssey. Odyssey is an intensive six-week workshop for writers of fantasy, science fiction, and horror whose work is approaching publication quality and for published writers who want to improve their work. Odyssey is held each summer on the campus of St. Anselm College in Manchester, New Hampshire. Adult writers from all over the world apply. Only 16 are admitted. Top authors, editors, and agents serve as guest lecturers. For more information, visit www.odysseyworkshop.org. Podcast 24 is an excerpt from Jenny Rappaport's lecture at Odyssey 2008 on writing a strong query letter. The text of this recording is copyright 2008 by Jenny Rappaport. The sound recording is copyright 2009 by Odyssey Writing Workshops. So pretty much your only introduction to an agent unless you meet them face to face is your query letter to them. So there's a number of success steps that you can take to make your query letter the best it can be. You want to be professional, it's a business letter, which means, you know, you want it on one page, you got to fit all your information on one page, date, address, dear agent. I don't care if you address me as dear Jenny in a query letter. A lot of other agents would like to be dear Ms. Jackson, dear Mr. Curtis. They prefer more formal address. You don't want to address it to dear acquisitions editors or dear editors, because we're not editors, and that's one of the surest ways of us knowing you have no idea what you're talking about and you haven't done your research into queerness. So you want it to be professional and you want it to look like a business letter, essentially. Because it's a business letter, space is at a premium, so you have to cram everything in and you want to remove extraneous information. A really, really good example, which you should read now, is the example of the bad query letter, which <laughs> We wrote purely, and it's actually up on my blog in an earlier post, it was purely for an example of this is not the type of query letter you want to send your agent. And I like it because it's an example of all the things you don't want to do. You don't want to have parenthetical side remarks. You don't want to tell the agent, I think you should market it as this. You don't want to tell the agent your entire life's background story. Yeah, <laughs> Because it's not necessary. There's a couple, I mean, there's exceptions. Like, say you're writing a novel about archaeological digs in Greece, and you have a PhD in archaeology, that's something you might want to point out, because that has some actual bearing on, you know, it shows you've got expertise in writing the book. But if you have an MBA, it's not going to really help you much about your archaeology fantasy in Greece book. <laughs> and you don't need to tell me that your iguana likes it, you don't need to tell me that your kids like your children's book, you don't need to tell me that your mother-in-law likes it. And there are people who tell me, teachers, um, many of them, who say, I had my students read my book and they loved it. <laughs> Great! <laughs> that doesn't really do much for me because they're 12-year-olds. And <laughs> they're not going to really be choosing the book. It's not necessary to tell me that publishing a novel is your dearest dream. And unless you've got Stephen King who's read your novel and you want to tell me Stephen King likes your novel, you don't need to tell me any of the extraneous ones, like I said, like the pediguana. <laughs> and the other thing you want is you want to have a hook. You want to make it snappy and short. And a hook is basically two paragraphs, three of their short paragraphs that say, this is my book, this is why it's really, really cool. This is why you want to read it. 
so the way I try to teach hooks is I use the, the patented Jenny Disney version. We use common Disney fairy tales. So say you're writing a pitch letter for Cinderella. I'm assuming most of you have seen the Disney version of Cinderella. If you haven't, you know, it's the typical fairy tale, you know, slave to sisters, meets Prince Charming, has talking mice, fairy godmother, pumpkin coaches, you know, all sorts of fun. The cat Lucifer, evil stepsisters, evil stepmother. So if you were going to write a bad hook for Cinderella, you could write, Cinderella is about a girl who has a lot of problems. She has to live in an attic, and no one ever, ever loves her. Her best friends are talking mice, which I've created because they have a high cuteness factor. Cinderella, the main character, has to solve lots of hard things along the way before she can live happily ever after. That's not going to make you really want to read your book. You've told the story of Cinderella in, in a sort of nutshell, but you haven't told it in a way that's interesting, that catches somebody's attention and makes you go, ah, that could be good. So a better hook for Cinderella is Cinderella has a hard life. Her parents are dead, and she's forced to act as a servant for her evil stepmother and stepsisters. Her only friends are the talking mice that share her attic, and frankly, she's stuck in a rut. But when Prince Charming, the gorgeous heir to the kingdom, decides to conduct a national search for a bride, it turns out that even a nobody like Cinderella might have a chance. With the help of a surprise fairy godmother, it's up to Cinderella to pull off a daring disguise and convince even herself that a servant can be fit to be a prince's bride. That makes you want to read the book. <laughs> or, in this case, if it was a book. But that so that's a better hook, because it tells you the conflict. She's got this problem. She's got these evil stepsisters. She's stuck in a rut. Life sort of sucks. Um, and then it tells you the main plot, which is that there's a search for a bride, and there's this poor servant girl who has to convince herself that she's worthy to be there with the rest of the nobility of the land. You can also, using sort of the example of Cinderella, if you change the way you pitch it, and I don't have actual examples written out for it, but you could do it as a kid's book. If you emphasize the talking mice a lot, you really can pitch it as sort of, you know, do it from the mice's point of view almost. You know, the talking mice live in this house and they help their poor friend and they fight against the evil cat Lucifer. The cat is Lucifer, isn't he? I think he's Lucifer. So you can do it as a kid's book. You can definitely do it as a romance. Uh, you can do it as a young adult book, a coming-of-age story emphasizing, which is sort of what the pitch I just read you about was the, the better hook. You know, how she has to convince herself that she's worthy and, you know, she's adult enough and she can actually do things that she doesn't normally do in her standard life. Um, you could even do it as a horror story if you really want to emphasize the evil stepmother aspect of it, which is why fairy tales are really versatile uh, for using as examples. So that's basically what a hook is. Um, you could do really silly hooks, but you want to do one that makes me look at it and go, this is a book I want to read or this is a book I haven't seen before. And you can see sort of, and you go to the good query leader example, it's a pretty decent synopsis of the book, and synopsis sort of hook-wise, which is, I am seeking representation for my 115,000-word fantasy novel, Shadow of Vengeance. This is an actual novel she wrote, although not one that I tried to sell when she was my client. And so she tells you right up in front, this is what I'm doing, you know, plain out, I'm seeking representation. My book is this long, it's a fantasy novel, this is its title. All really good points to put in. And then her hook is the next three paragraphs, which is, Mai becomes a thief to kill a murderer. She's waited patiently since childhood, training until she can take revenge on the thief who killed her parents. Well, there's your conflict right up there. <laughs> now at 20, Mai is practicing the arts of thievery, stealth, and death. She believes she is ready until the blind and reclusive thief lord, Whisper, calls upon her for aid. 
The Thieves' Guild is being torn apart by a war between the gifted and the giftless. More conflict that we want to know about. If she can help him settle matters, her reward will be power, knowledge. If she can't, the guild will be destroyed, as will Mai's chance of finding Benzers. Accepting Whisper's offer does not come without a price. She faces mortal danger as she is used against those she once thought friends and sent on assignments that will emotionally destroy her. Even more conflict we want to find out about. Trusts are formed and shattered when she learns truths she never thought possible. Who betrayed the guild and who murdered her parents? The truth presents her with a terrible choice between friendship, duty, and revenge. And that pretty much, you know, that's a pretty average, decent query letter. It tells me what your book's about. It tells me what the conflicts in the book are about. And it makes me want to read it because I want to know what killed her parents. And you want to find out what the mysteries are in the book. You won't see in the good query letter any writing credits because she doesn't have any published ones. And like we talked about yesterday, writing credits can be both good and bad to put in a query letter. Uh, you would put them in before the May I Send Your Manuscript line, like you would say, I placed first in the Writers of the Future contest, or I was a participant in the 2008 Odyssey Writers Workshop. So you could add those in if you had them. But you don't necessarily need to put them in unless they're decent writing credits. Some people have questions about nonfiction credits, because a lot of people who write, write anything that they can get their hands on. And there's a sort of subtle way you can put it in, particularly if you don't have something so linked as like, you know, the archaeology example we used before, is you can say, although I have no fiction credits, I've done extensive work in journalism, particularly as the crime reporter for the Asbury Park Press for the last 10 years, which is my local newspaper. This lets me know as an agent that, yes, you're a newbie when it comes to fiction, but obviously you can write decently because somebody has paid you to do so. <laughs> so you're capable of stringing sentences together in a coherent manner, which is another thing that makes you go, if I'm not, I'm not as intrigued so much by the plot of the book, if I know that you have professional experience, I'm more willing to take a look at it, even if it's nonfiction experience, because you obviously were able to write something decently at some point. And then finally, I wanted to show you oh, the pitch letter example, which is the actual pitch letter I used. And it looks pretty damn similar to a query letter. We call it pitch letters agents, but it's essentially it's a query letter to an editor that accompanies the book. It's the cover letter. And the point of a pitch letter that an agent does is we want to hype our author as much as possible while still telling you why the book is good enough for you to read it. And it's also, we try to do it almost as analogous to a back cover blurb as we can do, because that makes it easier for them to then take it to the marketing department, to take it to the editors who are higher up and go, look, look at the cover letter. That's what the book's about. <laughs> I like it. Can we buy it? Um, in a simplistic process. Dear fancy editor, I'm happy to be able to send you The Loyal Sword by Jody Meadows. Jody has written a science fantasy reminiscent of Marion Zimmer Bradley about a young swordwoman who finds herself thrust into a world that she never imagined existed. Annalise has a problem with princes. They show up at the worst possible moments, turning her life upside down. After the first one gets her banished from her homeland and driven into enemy territory, drinking herself into oblivion sounds like a pretty good idea. But when she's forced to save a second prince from an early death in an alley, alcohol isn't an option anymore. Suddenly she's dressing like a man, becoming the surprisingly suicidal second prince's bodyguard, and constantly fighting off rumors that she's a spy planted in the enemy kingdom's court. Not to mention the strange marks that various priests keep leaving on her wrist, the dragon living underneath the temple who's waiting to make a meal of her employer, and the impending war between her homeland and the enemy kingdom. But all that pales in comparison when her skin begins to mysteriously glow, and she discovers that saving a prince, saving a kingdom, and saving what's left of her pride aren't the only things that she's meant to do. 
So that's the letter I sent off with the book. Questions? Yeah. On your um, your letter, you used a comparison to Marion Zimmer Bradley on query letters to agents. Should the writer draw something to compare to, or? Yes and no. Yes, if you know that your book is really similar, and in this case, and I wouldn't have done it unless it was a similar sort of tone. Um, sometimes you get people who say, I'm the next Stephen King, or my book reads like <laughs> Nicholas Sparks, or, you know, Orson Scott Card, and that's sort of raising an expectation for an agent, and then when you read the book and it doesn't read like that, that puts you at a disadvantage. But if you really feel that this is very reminiscent of a certain author, then you should be, you feel free to put it in. But, you know, don't compare yourself to about five of them that have nothing to do with each other. Yeah, a similar type question. Um, do you suggest as an author you think it should be marketed to? Like, this is a young adult book, or do you leave that to the agent? You can say it's a young adult book. You can say it's a young adult fantasy. Um, you can say... Uh, the difference... Uh, one of the major questions a lot of people have is the difference between middle grade books and young adult books. Middle grade tends to be for 8 to 12 year olds. Young adult is technically categorized as 13 and older. There's also a word count difference. Middle grade books tend to be about 20,000 words or so shorter than young adult novels. But it's really tone. I mean, you could have a middle grade book with a 15-year-old protagonist. It doesn't have to be a 12-year-old. Similarly, you could have a young adult novel with a 12-year-old kid who's stuck in a horrible dystopian future and has horrible things happen to him. And because it's got the more serious tone to it and the more mature sort of outlook on life in the novel, that would definitely be marketed more as young adult. And it's always good to give the word count because it helps it helps the agents figure out if you've written a book that's too long. If you tell me you've written a 230,000-word novel, that's too long. <laughs> Similarly, if you tell me you've written a 160,000-word young adult novel, that's also really too long. <laughs> Typical word count guidelines are between 50 to 90,000 words for a young adult book, um, and that's usually... 90,000 is the high end of the spectrum, and that's usually if it's only a fantasy novel and it's big and you can't compress it further. And for adult novels, it's usually between 80 to 130,000 words counts. You want to try to avoid the 130,000 word mark. You want to try to hit somewhere in the middle between the 80 to 130,000. And that's actually purely economics, because the bigger the book is, the more it costs to produce it, the more it costs to bind it, to put the paper in it and everything, right? So publishers have actually done studies that if the book is priced at $24.99 as a hardcover, you will be more likely to pick up the book in the store than if it is priced at $25. <laughs> um, and they judge the pricing based on how much the production costs are. So shorter tends to be better because it leads to less material used to make each book, so they can price it at a lower price point. If you're writing a query letter for like, the first book of the series, is there anything you should do differently? Like, should you put you would probably want to mention this is the first book in a series and you could say you know I have it planned out or I have written the next you know three books or something in this series or I have it planned out the next three books um, that's perfectly okay to say I know that there's a kind of a new trend these days um, sort of including Neil Gaiman but kind of the more literary fantasy so for that would you approach people who agents who um, represent fantasy or agents who represent literary work? You can actually do both um, and just sort of customize the query letter. If you were doing a fantasy agent, you could say, my book is a fantasy with some literary aspects to it and vice versa. 
you could say if you're doing someone who does solely literary, you know, mine is a such and such word novel with some fantastical elements to it. Or you could say magical realism is a really popular term. And you know, and you look at science fiction that's getting published as mainstream, like The Road by Cormac McCarthy. I mean, that's that's science fiction, but it was published as a mainstream novel. Or The Historian by Elizabeth with the really long name with the K. Cost. Thank you. <laughs> That's also really could be classified as a fantasy novel, but it's published as mainstream. So you can really hit up both of them if you've got something that really falls in between. And you would just customize your query letter and how you write about it to each agent. The text of this recording is copyright 2008 by Jenny Rappaport. The sound recording is copyright 2009 by Odyssey Writing Workshops.